We spend the vast majority of our time trying to make more money to buy more things that people don't care about. What they care about is the relationship. You see, my dad changed lives. And my dad, they had to open up a different division in the nursing, I mean, in the funeral home to house everyone. It was standing room only. You couldn't even get in the facility. So he was very rich in relationships because my dad loved people. He loved other people more than he loved money. And so I just want to encourage the listeners today to focus on relationships because it's the most important asset that you could possibly have. Today, I'm joined by Aaron Walker, a successful serial entrepreneur and life coach, as well as a devoted family man. After bouncing back from lots of adversity early in his life, Aaron founded View From The Top to help other people live a life of success, but more importantly, a life of significance. So, Big A, welcome to the show. Hey, Max, I love your enthusiasm, man. <laughs> I'm just so excited to be here today. Thank you for having me on Mental Mastery. Yes, of course. Now, I'm super excited for, to have you on the show for two big reasons. First one being, and uh, I didn't share this with you before, but a couple weeks ago, I was talking to James Whitaker, who produced the movie uh, Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. um, to Napoleon Hill's super successful book. And right. he was sort of, you know, in the 1930s, the first person to, to really, you know, write about the mastermind. And, and that's why I'm so excited to dive into that later, into how people can really, you know, create successful masterminds in their lives and get those people around you for our listeners that are really going to help you level up your game. But then the second reason, and, and this may sound a little strange, but, you know, listening to you dive into your content, I, I had this weird metaphor of, you know, pop up my head of, you know, this cross of, Martin Luther King on the one hand and the Dalai Lama on the other hand. And <laughs> I've never I, I, been I really can't tell why. Dalai Lama or Martin Luther, but I kind of like the mix. Yeah, no, I totally love the mix. I think there's just this, this joy and this lightheartedness and this enthusiasm to your approach, this energy, which I love. So I know that, you know, life hasn't always been easy on you. So can mm. you share with our listeners a little bit about you know, how you develop this, this really lightheartedness and significance in your life? Yeah, I got to go way back, Max, yeah. if you'll allow me to. I'm almost sure. 60 years old now, and so I retired about eight years ago. But I want to take you way back to when I was a child. I was 13 years old, and my dad came to me one day, and he said, you want to make a little money this summer? And I said, man, I would love to make some money this summer. <laughs> and so we went down, and we remodeled a pawn shop. I didn't even know what a pawn shop was at the time, remodeled it. And I went up to the owner afterwards, and I said, hey, I'd love to work here on Saturdays and weekends. And he agreed to let me work there. And I started wow, out at a dollar and 70 cents an hour. Right. And so fell in love with the business. Uh, I was there five years and I went to night school and summer school, got out of school a little bit early and opened my first retail store when I was 18 years old. We did extremely well. God really blessed us. Um, and I can't even begin to tell you all the stories that transpired over the next 10 years. But when I turned 27 years old, a fortune 500, came to me and they said, we want to buy your stores. And I said, well, they're not for sale. Well, they persisted a number of times. And finally they said, hypothetically, if you were going to sell your business, how much would you sell it for? And so I thought, well, this is my opportunity to get rid of them. So I just threw Jackpot, a big number yeah. out. And they said, we'll take it. And I'm like, are you serious? And they said, no, we want to be in Nashville, Tennessee. That's where I'm uh, that's where I'm at now, Nashville, Tennessee. And they said, uh, we're going to agree to your price. So I was 27 years old and retired. And I thought, this is an awesome life. And yeah. it was 
for about 18 months. And Max, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you were depressed or bored, but I became both. I was married at this time. Robin and I had got married two weeks out of high school. And so we uh, grew the (laughs) business together. Yeah, I couldn't. And so we got married and we both come from very poor families. Neither one of us had anything. And this was a really nice opportunity for us. And so we sold the business and uh, about uh, 18 months later, she woke me up from a nap one day and she said, you're getting fat and lazy (laughs) and uh, it's time you were going back doing something. You've gained 50 pounds, you're depressed, you're bored. So I went back bought the company that I started with when I was 13 years old, and we grew it very, very large over the next 10 years. So at this point, Max, I'm 40 years old. I was headed to the office. It was a very hot August morning. It was August 1st, 2001, now about 19 years ago. And I ran over and killed a pedestrian on my way to the office. And it was a horrible experience. Um, I don't know if you've had anything tragic happen in your life, but it almost like it was happening in slow motion. And so I won't take you through all that, but uh, I couldn't handle the stress. And so I sold the business and I took the next five years off. We didn't do anything. I traveled extensively and uh, had counselors and coaches, people to help me work through that. And then five years later, Robin comes to me again. She said, you're getting fat and lazy again. It's time you were doing something. So we went in the construction business and we built high-end residence and small commercial. And we did that for a number of years. And then I turned 50 and I said, I'm done. I'm finished this time. And I went to my mastermind group and this was a real turning point for me. I've been in a mastermind group for years, decades with Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and Ken Abraham, Jeff Mosley, some of those guys you may or may not recognize. And they said, what are you going to do now? And I said, nothing. I'm going to go to the Caribbean. I'm going to get one of those little tiki huts down there and I'm going to rock myself into an oblivion. And Dan Miller leaned over the table and he pointed his finger at me and he said, that's the most selfish thing I've ever heard you say. And I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? He said, you've owned all these businesses. At that time, we'd owned 12 businesses. I had been married over 30 years at the time. And he said, you need to coach other people and teach other people to do the same as you've done. So Dave Ramsey gifted me on trade leadership mastery. He said, you come and do it at, you know, on me. And Dan invited me to do uh, his program as well and fell in love with that. It's called Innovate. And I fell in love with coaching. So, Max, I started coaching a couple of young men, and their business started to grow. I started doing podcast interviews, and uh, my business just flourished. Well, as a result of that, I couldn't coach all the one-on-one people that were reaching out to get my experience. And so I started a mastermind. And in this mastermind, we called it Iron Sharpens Iron. Just as one man sharpens another, as iron sharpens iron. And it's a biblical prophecy, and it comes out of Proverbs 27, 17. And so we wanted to help other people really hone their skills. To date, now, six short years later, we have 17 mastermind groups. Uh, We have a division for women, emerging men, 20 to 25 years old, and then the entrepreneurial man that's 27 to 65 years old. We're in eight different countries as we speak presently, and I'm absolutely having the time of my life helping ordinary people become extraordinary in all they do. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can really tell this, this enthusiasm, the significance that you're getting from now helping other people actually create the success and the, you know, level of enjoyment also that 
day seeking in their lives. So if I may take you back to those five years of, of vacation after this tragic you know, accident, what were some of the lessons that you know, helped you pull through this tough time? Like, what do you learn yeah, about life? That's a great question. Here's what I discovered. I started kind of replaying the accident in my mind and thinking, what would have happened that day had I been killed? And I started thinking about that. And I thought, what would my legacy have been? And I said, here's what my legacy would have been. Poor kid from Nashville, Tennessee, makes enough money by the age of 27 to retire, and nobody cares. Wow. And I started feeling really guilty about that. And I thought, nobody cared about the level of success that we had except for my family. We had a big house. We had a place on the beach. We had a place in the mountains. We had a big cars, fancy things, country clubs, those kind of things. And there's nothing wrong with stuff. Don't hear me wrong because I like to make money. I like to have nice things, but I don't want to make things my God. I don't want to make it the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing. And so I said, Lord, if you'll let me have another chance, I'll look outward instead of inward. I'll be the giver instead of the taker. And so the whole perspective for me now is to giving, helping other people accomplish their goals and dreams. And as a result of that, Max, we've been twice as successful financially and wow. multiple times more successful significantly than anything. See, the significance piece is what I was missing. And so I want your listeners to hear today, go out and make money. It's great. I want you to do that. I want you to be secure financially, but I don't want you to forget the significance piece. And that's a very vital piece of your life today to breathe life into others, to edify them, to encourage them, to help other people accomplish what they want. That's what I learned through that horrific experience. Yeah, you know, this is such an important lesson for anyone that, you know, even people that haven't gone through that yet, or maybe they haven't focused on money so much yet, right? To just learn from that experience that you've made and be like, hey, yes, money is great, like you say, right? Buying stuff, having stuff is great. Sure. But on the other hand, you don't want to, you know, be the richest man in graveyard, right? You don't want to miss out right. on significance and joy and the relationships around right. you because you're right. just so focused on money. And actually, there's this great story I heard of your dad, right? When he passed away and yeah. And, you know, people just lined up at this graveyard, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, let me tell that story for a second. And what happened to me almost as a young man, when I was your age, I came home with a pocket full of money to a house full of strangers. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I won financially, but I've lost in the relationship aspect. And I better really get clarity on that or I'm going to die a rich old guy with no relationships. Yeah. And I didn't want that. So my dad was a great man. Max, you would have loved my dad. He, everybody loved to be around him. He loved to tell stories, but he never made any money. My dad was a very poor guy. He was rich in many senses as it related to relationships, but financially, he was a terrible business person. So he never made over about $15,000 a year in his life. He lived in a very modest, small house. Uh, we grew up in kind of the poor part of the country, and uh, we just didn't have anything tangibly speaking. So when my dad died in 06, 2006, I stood at his casket with my mom and my brothers and sister, and we greeted the people coming through the line, paying their condolences. And the line was down the hallway, out the front door, around the building, into the parking lot. Wow. And it was an hour and a half wait to get through the line. And it was for six hours we stood there. So here's what took place. People would come up and say, let me tell you what your dad did for me. Let me tell you how your dad encouraged me. Let me tell you how your dad was always there for me. 
Not one person said anything about he had a nice boat, a nice house, a nice car. But Max, here's the irony of the story. We spend the vast majority of our time trying to make more money to buy more things that people don't care about. What they care about is the relationship. You see, my dad changed lives. And my dad, they had to open up a different division in the nursing, I mean, in the funeral home to house everyone. It was standing room only. You couldn't even get in the facility. So he was very rich in relationships because my dad loved people. He loved other people more than he loved money. And so I just want to encourage the listeners today to focus on relationships because it's the most important asset that you could possibly have. You know, Aaron, I love that story. Thanks so much for sharing. Literally, I got the goosebumps here, right? Because mm. I'm, I'm a huge believer in really starting with the end in mind. This, you know, Latin phrase of memento mori, so remembering your death and then sort of going backwards from there and planning your life to see at the end of the day, you know, when I'm you know, about to die, how do I want, you know, people to remember me? How do I want to remember sure. my own life? Sure, sure. Max, let me ask you a question today. If it were your last day, what would your legacy be? Right now, honestly, and that's, that's why I'm starting this podcast. It hasn't been where I want it to be yet, right? In okay. terms of relationships. What is, your, what is your ambition? What is your aspirations for a legacy? My aspiration is I want to change the way people think all over the world. Okay. in a way that empowers them to chase after their dreams, not because they're going to be successful, because they're going to fall more deeply in love with life. And mm -hmm. that's what I try to give people is a sense that every single day you have the opportunity to love life, to be joyful, yeah. to be happy without focusing so much on what's going to happen 10 years down the road. And so, you know, the day I die, I want people to think like, and just say that, man, this guy lived, right? He was alive and he was this little child, you know, even when he was 30, mm -hmm. even if he was 80, he still, you know, chased after the little bubbles flying through the air, you know, he was right. still, you know, carrying the balloons and, and doing all this crazy stuff like a little child because he never lost a spark. That's you know, I've watched your videos and in your videos, you see that grit and that determination and that perseverance and that enthusiasm, and it's very contagious. And so I want to applaud you in mental mastery today in the amazing job that you're doing by sharing this mental change and this philosophy that you have in life. Thank you for investing in us. You know, I really, really, really appreciate that. Totally. And I, I know if you develop really deliberately the same thing, right? The same kind of mindset. So Absolutely. do you have any advice for people, um, you know, maybe, you know, are feeling poor in that sense, poor in mm. sense of emotions. Yeah. Poor in the sense yeah. Let me of share a little bit. Yeah. Let me share a little bit. Though. Let's go back to my story when I was young. So when I was 15 years old, I decided that uh, I wanted to be in the pawn shop business myself and I had no money. My dad had a, 600 square foot house. There were four children. He never made any money. We even lost it later in bankruptcy. So we were wow. very poor. So I thought, you know, I know what I don't want. I'm not sure exactly what I do want. I know what I don't want. And I don't want to have to work that hard physically. And so I want better for my life. So I enrolled in night school and summer school. And I went to night school and summer school for 18 months so I could graduate two years early so wow. I could work. 
And then I went out to two guys that had a lot of money because I didn't have any. And I proposed to them that we go in partners together. And we did. I talked them into going in business together. And I gave up two thirds of the business for a nine year period. I worked day and night when Robin and I got married. I said, we're going to invest all the money back into the company. We're not going to take any money out, only the money it takes us to live. So I took an $18,000 a year salary for nine years. Wow. We poured all the money back into the company and I built something up large enough that a fortune 500 company wanted to buy it and see it's that delayed gratification. And that's what I want to encourage the listeners today. If a poor kid from Nashville, Tennessee with only a high school education to can get the level of success that we've had, anybody can do it. And it's the mindset. My mom had a motto when I was young, can't, couldn't do it, and could, did it all. And when I was young, Max, I hated that. I hated when she would say that, but I've adopted it as my life mantra. Also, people are fearful. And I say fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. And what I mean by that, I couldn't lay in bed at night and think, would it have worked? That would kill me, Max. Yes. If I laid in bed and thought, you know, if I only took that risk, if I only took that chance, I had rather do it and it not work. And then I know as to lay there and not do it and always wonder, could it have been successful? So adopt that mindset of can't, couldn't do it, but could did it all and fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. And you can be very successful in your own right. You know, I absolutely love that. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into this delayed gratification because to, to really take these massive pay cuts for nine years, which I'm sure also, you know, for your wife was, was hard to do, right? It's like, it's a, it's a huge sacrifice. So what was going on in your mind? Like what, yeah. how were you able to be so devoted to the, to the yeah. school over long? I wanted to win. I wanted to win. And I know that, uh, giving in to everything that we want today doesn't allow you to win because it doesn't allow you to build up any revenue. You can't build up any equity. If you're always buying a house and you put 5% down or you finance a car at 97%, you've got these payments always and it goes to interest and it just destroys you. But when you delay the gratification for the greater good later, and I've always had a mindset of looking down the road. I started a retirement account, you know, at 18 years old and started looking to the future because I knew that I pour back into myself that I would have some sense of equity in the future. And so I said, we're going to live like no one else today, like Dave Ramsey talks about. So later we can live like no one else. And today we have that privilege because we invested in the short term. Here's the thing, Max, a lot of people want to keep up with everybody. They want to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. They want to have the nice car. They want to live in a house that they can't really afford. We're too busy today buying things to impress people that don't even care. And then we're in bondage. And then the more things you buy, you've got to maintain them, wash them, clean them, take care of them. They depreciate in value. And then we're constantly spending money trying to keep up. We wanted to live a much simpler life. We had a 600 or 500 square foot condominium when we first got married. And then we bought a very small house and renovated it, something that I could afford. I could have afforded much larger at the time, but I kept putting the money back into the business, buying new locations, uh, starting new locations. And then we built up a number of locations and this five, Fortune 500 came along and they said, you've got an amazing store. You've got multiple locations we want to buy your store. But see, if I had one store 
and it wasn't run very well and it wasn't growing and I had no equity, they wouldn't have wanted it. And I just want to encourage people today to adopt a mindset of delaying gratification for the greater good. We have to narrow our focus. We have to say no to the majority of everything so that we can say yes to the things that matter. So you've got to discern for yourself what really matters in life. What do I really want? And say no to everything else. You know, this story is so powerful. So for anyone listening to this, the ability to delay gratification, not just for a week, not just for a month, but for nine years, right? For a whole decade to then eventually succeed. That is so powerful because the reality is that whatever you're chasing in life, a decade of delaying that, right? A decade mm. of going after it every single day with nothing held back is going to lead to success. Like it's almost inevitable, mm. I think. Um, so I love that story. Thank you. You know, it really is also empowering for me, right? Because the goal of this show for me is uh, I want to start a 2,000-day journey, 2,000 daily, you know, interviews with people like you. And it's five and a half years, right? It's, it's a very similar sort of timeline because I know that that's what's necessary to really grow this to the level that I want to bring it to. And you know, it's going to open doors for you that you never expect. And yes. I do interviews as well. And I've been a guest on over 1500 shows and it's given me the opportunity to be before people I never would have had an opportunity to meet. You and I, Max, would never have met had you not been hosting this podcast. And so I applaud you. I want you to keep going forward because it's going to open doors that you never anticipate. Thank you. No, totally. And, and, and what's so cool is it gives you really the opportunity to meet people that, like you say, you never thought you could meet, right? right. And that is just such a beautiful thing about this day and age today. And so I want to switch gears here a little bit okay. to the power of the mastermind. Mm. So for people you know, listening to this, they've never really heard about it. Can you share with us maybe what mastermind is and why it's so yeah. powerful to have one in our lives? Yeah, let me tell you how I got involved in that. First of all, back in 1995, I was at a chamber of commerce breakfast a long time ago, right? I was at a chamber of commerce breakfast and there was this guy up there talking about uh, a financial program that he was going to start. And he was in Nashville, Tennessee at the time on one radio station. And it was Dave Ramsey, the financial wow. guru, right? And so afterwards, I walked up to him, introduced myself. I invited him to see my location I had just built right down the street from where he was speaking. And he said, why don't you advertise on my show? And I said, I don't even know you. I've never even met you. I don't know anything about you. And he was, like I said, he had two employees and it was him. And he was on one radio station. He just started. And so uh, he said, I'll give you free advertising just to try me for a week. Wow. And I thought, well, I can't lose at that. Yeah. So I tried it and it really did well for our business. So I called him and we signed a contract and I spent the next 21 years sponsoring his show. So I was a perpetual renewal contract annually for 21 consecutive years. So Dave and I built a very close relationship and Several years after that, I was at a Mercy Me concert here in Nashville, Tennessee at the Curb Center. And Dave was sitting in front of me. I didn't even know he was there. And he got up and he walked out for intermission. And he saw me and he came over and started talking. And he said, I'm glad that uh, I get to see you here. I want to invite you to 
belong to my mastermind group. And I said, I don't even know what a mastermind group is. And he said, well, come to my office Wednesday morning. I'll introduce you to the 10 people that we've invited. And I think you'll enjoy it. So I went in, I was very apprehensive. I really didn't want to go because I didn't know what it was going to be like. So I go to Dave's office and start meeting the guys and fell in love with the process. Well, Max, to move forward now for a couple of decades, every week I've been involved in a mastermind group and it gives you trusted advisors that are non-biased to tell you the truth. It gets people in your life that can point out your, not only your superpowers, but your blind spots. We all have Achilles heel or a kryptonite, but we have blind spots in our life and people that do life with us every single day, they can help us overcome these blind spots. And so it gives you a safe environment, to share with these trusted advisors that can give you great advice. And so you're in a group and now we do these groups virtually. So just like this interview is today on Zoom, we have a platform where we have participants from all over the world and we gather together and we encourage, we edify, we listen to problematic problems personally and professionally that you may have in your life. We do what's called man in the middle to where Max today would be your time and you share the challenges that you're facing in your personal life or your business life. It's an environment that helps you push through upper limit challenges. And I say isolation is the enemy to excellence. And if you really want to propel yourself in a grand way, we were designed to be in community. And so this is where we encourage one another, hold each other accountable. And that's what I've been able to do successfully now for 21 years. You know, I absolutely love that. I found the exact same thing that, you know, having people around me that are willing to, you know, tell me the honest truth, whether it's, hey, that's a great idea or whether you like, hey, man, you need a, like a little kick in the butt, right? You're fucking right. up here. Like you're, you're not good enough here. Have you considered this? Have you tried this? Having that around me is so powerful, I found, to really level up my game in any area of life. And what's also interesting, what I found is like the people in that group then become very, very, in fact, they're my best friends now because what happens is you start to open up, right? You start to talk right. about things that- You're very vulnerable and transparent. Yeah, exactly. Because you have to in order to be able to actually get benefit from it, right? Well, here's the thing. Everybody wants you to think that you've got it all together, right? We all do. So there's yeah. a facade, right? There's a veil and you've got to let that veil down. You've got to let the facade go away and you've got to get to the bottom foundational elements of your life and the core values and your mission and your vision and your values. And we've got to see what it is that we're working with. And then that's where we start building something very strong. And you can't do that if you're not vulnerable and transparent. The truth is, Max, we're all a bunch of knuckleheads, right? <laughs> yes. we've, got a, we, we've all got areas in our life that we need help and we need support, but we've also have strengths and we need to share those strengths. Mine happens to be encouragement. And that's one of my spiritual giftedness is encouragement. And that's what I'm able to give other people. But where I need help is in details. And so I have people walk alongside of me that really can fill in that gap and help take me to that next level. So it makes us a well-rounded individual that has great core values that we can build very successful businesses. Yeah, that's no, interesting. Right before you know our interview, I was talking to a guy that hosts the Misfit Entrepreneur Podcast, which is literally about the misfits, right? About the those weird eccentricities and quirks that we all have right. that are special about us, right? And and that's what I found is so interesting. Is like we all have those things. We all have those weird strengths and weird weaknesses. Right. And so right. bringing those things together is really powerful way to leverage that and and level right. up everyone's game. 
That's a good show. I've actually been on there once or twice on his show, and that's a very good show. Oh, yes. Love him. Love him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, what have you found, you know, over the years of running these masterminds, what have you found is some keys to really running this successfully? Well, the thing is, is we go through an interview process and we really want to find givers and not takers because the natural reciprocity is people will give back to you if you are looking outward and helping them. We also have the same core values. And if you don't have the same core values, if you're not aligned, you can never use anything as the standard by which to make your decisions. And so you want to have the same core values. We want people with mission statements. We want people that really know where they want to go. If not, we help them achieve clarity in what they're trying to accomplish. The other thing is the participation. And we not only have you involved in the group that you're in, but we have, you know, 17 groups to date. So we want to, uh, really connect you with the members of the other groups. We want to connect you with people that can help you personally or professionally. Uh, and being in so many states and so many countries now, it gives you a great sense of resources. It gives you a connection point in a state or a country that you wouldn't have had access to earlier. The other thing is, is that it gives you perspective. For me, that's one of the most uh, uh, valuable assets of a mastermind is different perspective because no matter how hard you try, you can only see it one way. And if you have other people that have other life experiences or other life filters, they have a different perspective and you can go, I didn't even know to know that. And so it just really opens that up. It also gives you the sense of vision casting. And that's the type of people that we want in the groups. We want people that can see beyond where their present conditions are at. It helps you push through upper limit challenges in these mastermind groups. And so we want people that are willing to say, this is my ceiling. This is the place that I'm at. I need you to help me push through this upper limit challenge like Gay Hendricks talks about in The Big yes. Leap. And so we surround ourselves with people like that. So it's an interview process that we go through and we're very selective because we don't want takers. We want people that are willing to give. And then if you're willing to lay your cards out, not hold them close to your vest, but you're willing to share and encourage and mentor and teach, uh, people will line up to do the same for you. Yeah, it's interesting. I was, I was actually looking up at the, looking at the, the sign-up sheet, right? The, the questionnaire. And one of the questions that really stuck with me is, what's your anniversary? And what are your children's names, right? And I thought, like, can you show us, like, because that's such an attention to detail. And again, it brings sure. back this relationship aspect. So what's sure. the reasoning behind right. that? Right, great question, Max. Thank you. You've got some great questions today. Well, on the application process, it uh, is very clear everything about you personally, professionally, and spiritually. So in our mastermind groups, we cover about 60% professional, 30% personal, and about 10% spiritual. We cover every dynamic of your life. Well, we've got to have good information in order to know that because we do a lot of personal things for the people that are in the group. And so we know everything about you and your spouse or how long you've worked at the location, your mission in life, your goals that are yet to be accomplished, the goals that you have accomplished. We know about your children. We know about your workspace and the colleagues that you interact with on a regular basis because we want to know you intimately because the better we know you, the better we can help you. And that's the reason for the extensive application process. Yeah, absolutely love that. And, and to me, what it sounds like is there's this 
incredible intention almost to living your life. So it's about really creating a plan for how exactly you want to show up and how you want to live your life. So for our listeners, do you have any advice for, you know, creating a life by, you know, really reflecting um, consciously about how do I actually want to live? So what's a life of significance for me? Well, if I could reflect back for a moment to 19 years ago in the automobile accident, it was only by the grace of God that that wasn't me crossing the road and me getting run over. And life is so fragile. I wrote a book called View from the Top. And in the book, I titled one of the chapters Blindsided. And that's exactly, Max, what happened to me that day. Everything was amazing. I was working three days a week. I had a beautiful wife, beautiful children, a beautiful home, a vacation home, nice car. I had all the things in life. And in a moment, my life changed. I was blindsided. I never saw that coming. Well, see, we all have that possibility in our life, and we need to be prepared for that. We need to be prepared to be taken off guard. And the mindset that I developed as a result of that is we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're only guaranteed today. And we need to live today like it is our last day, right? Because it could be. And that's the urgency in living your life very intentional. And see, what I had was great success, but no significance. And what I have today is greater success and 10x in the significance. Mm -hmm. Because now we're really helping other people achieve what they want. Everyone listening to this interview today can do the same thing. I'm not an anomaly. You can do the same yourself. It's just that we have to be proactive. So we can't live our life reactive. We have to live it proactive. We have to know the kind of money we want to make, where we want to live, the people we want to serve, the places we want to go. We have to be very intentional about that, schedule it out, and then go for it. Here's the thing, Max, we don't leave anything on the field. We leave it we, right? We give it all we've got. We squeeze every drop out of the towel every day because I want to live. This is not like a practice round. This is our life. Right? We don't one get chance, a do-over. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. And if we don't live it to the maximum today, you're going to lose a great opportunity. Yeah, you know, I love that. And this, this mindset really of remembering death is something that I find over and over in these interviews of people that, you know, have this urgency and this drive to make the most out of every single day because they know that, you know, maybe in 10 years, maybe in 10 days, maybe even tomorrow, life might be over. And so this might be the last conversation you and I may ever have, right? And so this is a powerful thing to remember that like, make the best out of every single opportunity you get. We need to be in the moment. We don't need to be thinking about later. We need to enjoy this moment today during this interview, not thinking about what am I going to be doing an hour from now. It's enjoying this conversation with Max and Mental Mastery Podcast. That's what's most important right now, and we need to take every opportunity to enjoy it. For sure. Now, Aaron, I want to switch gears here a little bit because one of the questions I ask every single one of my guests is, we love to celebrate failure as a stepping stone to building character and building resilience. So in your life, do you have a favorite failure? You know, uh, I don't know that anyone necessarily has a favorite failure. There are things that I wish that I could have done over. Uh, The failure for me would have been the first two decades of business experience. I was very successful, but I had the wrong motivation. And so I would say that was somewhat of a failure. 
in, in the world's eyes, I was very successful financially, but in my eyes, looking back, it was very selfish in nature. And so I would just say, have the correct motivation going forward. Yeah. I love that. Now we talked about, you know, the tombstone moment before, you know, the death of your father. So the day that you are going to die, what do you want to happen? You know, do you visualize that? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. And I think about it. And what I want to happen is when Max, you attend my funeral and I'm quite a bit older than you and hopefully in the normal progression, uh, you'll outlive me. But if you come to my funeral, I want you to say my life was different as a result of having known that man. Yeah. And if that be the case, then I will have lived a successful life. I love that. Love that. And yes, I, I feel like <laughs> that's already happening here. So totally. Um, what brings you personally to most happiness? Yeah, you know, I'm a Christian by faith. And so having the peace and the understanding of a relationship with Christ that surpasses all understanding for me gives me the most confidence and joy in my life. The next thing would be my wife of 40 years. Robin and I yes, celebrate congrats. 40 years in June. I have two beautiful daughters, 37 and 34, and I have five grandchildren. And I try to keep my life in that order. And if I keep it in that order, I think that I've prioritized my priorities. After that comes business. And then after that comes other relationships. And so I think if you really focus on prioritizing your priorities and putting it in the right perspective, it can bring you a great amount of happiness. Yes, for sure. And one of the things that always fascinates me is like people think they need to put, like they need to succeed so that they can be happy, right? They're chasing their money so that one day I'll be happy. One day I'll no, be significant. It's not going to happen. That's not the case, right? No, no. Happiness is a choice. And we need to be, choose to be happy today. Now, there are circumstances that happen in our life that disallow happiness in the present moment. Uh, but happiness is a choice. It's not a trait. Yes, totally. It's a deliberate choice every single day of your life. Right, right. Now, Aaron, we talked about a lot of great tips, a lot of great insights today. If you could give our listeners one piece of homework, one thing they should start doing today to live a better life, a life of significance, what would be the one thing? You know, there's something that we've just developed, and I think it could be very instrumental in the lives of your listeners today. It's called The Mastermind Playbook. And this is a online forum. It's a somewhat of a course, but it's a playbook. It's more than a course. It's a business plan to help you start your own mastermind group, to grow them, and to scale them. And you can scale them just exactly like I have over these past six years. So I would just encourage you, if you want your life to be better, that you can create a revenue stream outside of what you're presently doing. Uh, many podcast hosts are looking at this today because it's something that you can devote two or three hours a week and have a six-figure income using this framework. Wow. And it's a very amazing tool. Inc. Magazine reached out to us recently and they did a story on this mastermind playbook. They said it was phenomenal and it was in Inc. Magazine. Dave Ramsey just did an endorsement. Ray Edwards said that it was the best course he's ever been through in his entire career. Wow. And so it's something that walks you step by step to teach you to do, Max, exactly what I've done over the past six years in scaling these masterminds. And we've created a seven-figure 
business with something that you can do location independent. So you can be anywhere in the world and run these mastermind groups on platforms like this video conference that we're on, and you can create a hugely successful business that provides an amazing income and transforms lives all in the meanwhile. So just go to themastermindplaybook.com forward slash Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, and check it out. I think it'll be beneficial to you. Absolutely love that. Thanks a lot. Now, before I ask my final question, where can listeners connect with you online? Yeah, the easiest place is to go to viewfromthetop.com. And we've created a landing page for your listeners. If they would like to go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash mental mastery, there are two documents that I'm going to give you. There's a personal assessment and a what do I want. And this really helps take you down a trail to understand yourself as an individual and what you want to accomplish in your life. So we've taken the price off. We're going to make them for free. So just go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash mental mastery and download those free documents today. Thank you, Aaron. I really appreciate it in terms of, you know, really for all of my listeners, right? We're, we're all going to appreciate that, that. So definitely for our listeners, get this thing. Like Aaron has provided a ton of value here today. So really powerful. Now, my final question is, what is your quest for greatness? So what's the big vision that you have for your life? You know, I live my life being obedient each and every day to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in my life. And so greatness for me is not compromising my values and being obedient to the leadership daily. That's the way I define greatness.